You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your speakers or earbuds or headphones. However you do it, it's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, or in this case, three times a day because of missing the previous couple days. But whatever, more content for y'all fine folk. From me, AJ Andrews, who's from jaysfromthecouch.com and is the host of this podcast, I don't know why I'm doing the intro like that. It's kind of weird to do the middle podcast with that kind of intro. Um, But hey, we're going to keep doing it. So um, just to continue from the first episode of today, um, this is going to be the pitcher's version of the 2019 first half MVPs and LVPs. Again, there's still time, um, if you were listening to the first one, still time to get in your most valuable players and least valuable players on the Twitter. So feel free to just send a message to at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18 if you want to get involved and have your voice heard like so many other people have so far. So... We are going to continue on, and that means we are going to look at the pitchers. Like I said, I've got three, just like the batters. I'm at least consistent in that. And we have a least valuable pitcher as well, as well as some honorable and dishonorable mentions. So um, let's, again, let's just jump into it with the number three selection. And I don't think this person is on a lot of radars for valuable Blue Jays pitchers. And I think the introduction to their Blue Jays career played a part in it because it's very hard to bounce back when your first act as a Blue Jays pitcher, is to give up a game-winning home run in extra innings to a guy who shares his name with an actress from Twilight. Sorry. When Kristen Stewart hit that 10th inning two-run shot, I think a lot of people looked at Daniel Hudson and said, oh no, here we go. So this guy's pitching for us the entire season. This is going to be fun. I think a lot of people were thinking that. I know um, I saw a lot of people thinking that on Twitter that day. But since that first appearance, Daniel Hudson has been incredibly effective for the Blue Jays. He has given up 10 earned runs in 36 appearances since that opening day loss against Detroit. And again, this, this is... If, if Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have a calling card, other than completely mismanaging Marcus Stroman and basically running him out of town because they can't handle anyone who questions what they do, 
at least from a player perspective. And that's a whole thing we can get into next week, but we're not talking about that today. If there's one thing that Shapiro and Atkins have been very good at, it's that it's they can identify relievers who will have immediate value for this team. And again, Daniel Hudson did not have a good spring. He was cut by the Angels, signed by the Blue Jays to a one-year deal, and then had a couple of very miserable performances very early in the season. We mentioned the Detroit game. Um, he also gave up three runs in the win over Baltimore in the series right after that, also coming via home run. Um, uh, who was it? Oh, Trey Mancini. I should have guessed Trey Mancini, but whatever. Anyway, he battled back from a pair of really rough starts to become the lockdown eight-inning guy for the Blue Jays and and a very versatile guy at that, um, filling in when Ken Giles was unavailable to close, um, essentially coming in in rough situations and, and providing a steadying veteran hand he actually went a full month without giving up a run in any of his appearances from may 24th to june 29th and again he he follows in that path of sung wano and tyler clippard and john axford guys who come in on on these kind of prove it deals and they go out there and they prove it and i again he's made himself into a valuable trade piece for the Blue Jays, I was I was talking with um, friend of the podcast Kelly Wallace on Twitter because, um, as a Padres fan, she really wants Marcus Stroman to go to San Diego, and I said, "Well, we'd be asking for Mackenzie Gore first of all. We'd be asking for Josh Naylor, so those two, and then maybe a couple of lower lower level prospects, maybe a, a Jake Nix or something like that." And I actually use Daniel Hudson as a sweetener in that, just because that's how effective Daniel Hudson has been. And especially as a guy who's been able to get four outs in an appearance, five outs in an appearance, he's able to go multiple frames, which in the postseason, you need guys who can do that. I mean, that 18-inning game between Boston and LA and the World Series, that, that will happen. So you need guys who can throw those multiple frames. And Daniel Hudson's done that. It's It's been... Such a pleasure having him back there as that as a veteran option, especially when you watch guys like Joe Biagini, who's good but is inconsistent and will give up home runs. When you watch Tim Meza, who's good and he's the only lefty back there, but um, is again kind of inconsistent. David Phelps is starting to work himself back in, so he's he's starting to get that. Um get that swagger back as well. But Daniel Hudson's been pretty consistent since the beginning and given the Blue Jays a lot of what they need out of the bullpen. So Daniel Hudson is my number three most valuable Blue Jay from a pitching standpoint in the first half of 2019. I um I didn't mention uh, honorable mentions for the pitching because um, there's not much. Um. 
you can throw out David Phelps, I guess. He's been all right since coming off uh, the injured list. Kind of, kind of meh. Um, Justin Schaefer, in his few appearances, has been similarly dominant to last year. I think he's pitched himself into that bullpen discussion for next season. You know, once uh, Daniel Hudson moves on, or once a David Phelps moves on, once. Um, even if they look at moving the Kingham into the rotation, um, Schaefer's been very consistent for the time he spent with the Blue Jays. He, he still walks a lot of batters, but he's been all right. Um, and probably the most controversial cut from the most valuable pitchers, uh, Trent Thornton, who 19 starts is about 19 more than I think Blue Jays fans and front office people expected him to make at the major league level. But Thornton's been out there battling. His ERA is below five. Um, he's he's working on fine-tuning his delivery so he can use all, that myriad of pitches that he has to full effect. And he's he's been stable. That, that's a huge thing. With all the injuries that have happened in the Blue Jays rotation, he's given them 19 starts. It's almost at 100 innings. Trent's been really good. So he, he was the hardest cut, but I do think Daniel Hudson was more valuable than him. Um, Least valuable players. And no, Elvis Luciano was not in consideration for this. Clayton Richard wasn't in consideration for this. Um, Aaron Sanchez was in consideration for this with the whole, uh, first to 12 losses in MLB and the 616 ERA and the 56 walks in 19 games. Incredibly disappointing, but there have been flashes. So he avoids the award for least valuable pitcher, um, Ryan Fairbend had such high hopes for him with all these pitchers coming back from Korea. Here came a lefty knuckler. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, there's a reason why he has a double digit ERA at, at the major league level. And he showed it in his two appearances. Um, just, just getting gophered out of the park. So he is rightly back in triple a, um, I, I guess Derek Law gets thrown in here, too, um, for being a big part of that Kevin Pillar trade. An ERA around seven is not the way to convince people that you should stick around a little bit. And, like, he, he keeps getting run out there. He keeps being allowed to find himself, which I guess is the Blue Jays' motto for 2019. We'll allow you to find yourself. But... It's just kind of disappointing seeing him out there. But there was no way we could let least valuable player pass and not award it to the guy who described his own pitching earlier this season as horse bleep. When you do that, it pretty much locks you into this award. So take a bow, Edwin Jackson. Uh, he's coming back. He's on the rehab trail. Uh, I hope Ryan Barucki gets back quicker than he does. But yeah, seven games for Edwin Jackson carrying a higher ERA than Ryan Fairbend because he's at 1243. Gave up seven runs in two thirds of an inning. 
already 12 home runs just just for perspective um like that's tied no that's third on technically fourth because Trent Thornton's given up 14 home runs in 94 and two-thirds innings. Edwin Jackson's given up 12 in 25 and a third innings. So basically a quarter of the time, he's almost matched him in home runs. Very efficient Edwin Jackson, who has a no-hitter at the major league level. But this year he has a whip of 229. So what can we say? His, his hits per nine is 16.3. Everything is bad about Edwin Jackson. He He's not worth the paltry sum that the Blue Jays paid the Athletics to get him. He's not worth a bag of balls. He's not worth a Coke out of the Coke machine. Um, I have a penny in my wallet that I've kept since pennies were discontinued. And I think that penny was about worth what Edwin Jackson has given the Blue Jays from a pitching perspective. So... Congratulations to Edwin Jackson. We will be right back with our top two most valuable pitchers for the Blue Jays this season. But first, just a reminder, if you have a company that's looking to reach a unique audience, then your company's ad should be running here on this podcast. So to get your company connected with this audience that is awesome and intelligent and varied, um, email me at neoac18 at gmail.com or Email locked at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. Um, I missed one honorable mention on my list, and I do apologize for that. Um... If we're if we're including small sample sizes, then Matt Shoemaker would be here immediately. I mean, three and 157 ERA and five starts before he tore his ACL. Um, it it's it was very disheartening to see that because he looked to be like completely locked in on what he wanted to do, and he was robbed of that by just his body betraying him yet again. So very sorry see that happen to match Shoemaker and hopefully he comes back next year. I wouldn't mind seeing him again in a Blue Jays uniform. So um, hope the recovery is going well, Matt. So there were two very clear options for top two pitchers for the Blue Jays this season. And it's very tough to really parse which one deserved the number one slot. I know I kind of battled it a little bit because these were the two all-star considerations for the Blue Jays. But in my head, ultimately, you have to kind of go with the role. And that's why number two goes to Ken Giles, who, you know, what can you say about what Ken Giles has done as the closer on, on this team? Um, only 13 saves because he really hasn't gotten many shots. He's given up five runs in 31 innings, only two home runs this season. One of them was in that series right at the depth before the All-Star break, which Marco Hernandez got one of the luckiest shots I've ever seen. But Giles has been everything the Blue Jays could have asked for. He narrowly missed becoming 
just the fourth pitcher to have a fielder fielding independent pitching below one at the all-star break, that home run by Hernandez just wrecked so many things, wrecked so many storylines. Like just how do you live with yourself? Marco Hernandez. Um, but no, he's been so dominant at the back end. His, his strikeouts per nine is 15.4. Like, I remember the days when like Billy Wagner was was a thing and people looked at him like, oh, he's got a he's got a strikeouts per nine of 10, 10, 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's so good. He's such a dominant closer. Ken Giles is like blowing Billy Wagner out of the water and can't even get a sniff from the all star uh, selection process. So we'll give you the nod here, Ken. We appreciate what you're doing. And if this is it for your time in Toronto. It's been a blast. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed watching you, but uh, potentially joining him out the door if you believe all the rumors. And again, I don't know why this front office wants to do this, but whatever, their egos are hurt. So whatever, we can stick it to them one more time and give Marcus Stroman our most valuable pitcher of the Blue Jays first half 2019 probably the most valuable player honestly what Marcus Stroman has gone out there and done is everything that Aaron Sanchez should have done but didn't Marcus Stroman is the I want to say Aaron Aaron Sanchez is the mega Marcus Stroman just just because Marcus Stroman is clearly the positive as opposed to Aaron Sanchez but again it's a clear return to form for Marcus, 318 ERA and 18 starts. Deserves to have way more wins than losses right now. He's 5-9. and nine, But the, the walks are down. Home runs are manageable. And the defense has been solid. Like, what else can you say about Marcus Stroman? If if the Blue Jays are going to trade him, they, they need to get, like, two top five prospects for him. Because he's in his prime. He's dealing like an ace should and those aces don't grow on trees like you really have to hope Nate Pearson stays healthy if you want to trade Marcus Stroman because that's the only comp in the organization that's even close to being ready right now and I know they're like oh we need pitchers who are in uh Vlad Jr.'s window Marcus Stroman is in Vlad Jr.'s window and you just don't want to admit it because you don't like him being outspoken so He's he's been the MVP on social media. He's been the MVP on the field. He's been an MVP in the dugout. I I'm really frustrated with why they they feel the need to deal him off. Like you really you really can't use him and his profile for the next five years. Give give it up. Give it up. Just say you don't like him. Just say you don't like his attitude because that's basically what you're doing. Marcus Stroman deserves a freaking massive extension. He is the Blue Jays' most valuable pitcher of the first half. And I'm going to stop before I get too angry to complete this triple header that we are doing today. So just a reminder, if you disagree with any of my selections, which I I don't know why. (laughs) Again, these were pretty obvious. But if you do, hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Follow the podcast at Locked On Blue Jays or Locked On Jays on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Locked On Jays will get you there. And 
make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, even though Google's having problems, I guess. Um, and uh, I forgot to mention, I was going to give 1A um, for Blue Jays pitchers to Luke Mealy, the only one with a spotless ERA in two outings. But I got too angry and worked up about Marcus Stroman. So um, have have the honorable trophy, Luke Mealy. Uh, that's what happens when I get angry. I just kind of railroad over things. I'm sorry, but that brings us to the end of this episode. Look for the fan version coming shortly after. So uh, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrunningcouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this middle episode. And we'll see you a little later.